0: Alrighty, the notepad, so the reason why i got the notepad Tell me Because I've got a bad habit I find of interrupting people And I obviously don't want to be doing that in a public forum gotcha. So my notepad if I get a thought come into my mind It allows me to jot that down <laughs> without being anxious of losing that thought And just allow it to keep listening, so that's what my notepad's for mate. Smart mate, smart Welcome to the podcast, Chris Chopper Cochrane What's going on, dude? Thanks for having me, mate. I'm uh, I'm so pleased to be here. Are Honored. You? Yeah. Good.
1: A- and mate, very impressed.
0: Thank you. We've uh, had quite a long-standing friendship. We have probably a decade. Mm. Both Tassie boys. A bit longer. Probably about twelve years. Yep. Um. So we've played footy against each other back in the day. We've had some fun together back in the day. Yep. Not as much of recent, but a few good memories in the bank there, yeah, mate.
1: It's followed similar similar. Steps for similar career paths, I guess.
0: Well, mate, it's something I've actually never said really out loud to you, but what you did with Rapid was my original inspiration for what I did with Gript, and that's what uh, led me to be moving to Melbourne, mate, and uh, tried, to, tried to emulate what was going on up in Sydney until um, I was met with, I suppose, the number of frustrations that had me create the own facility. But, yeah, mate, you've definitely had an impact on my professional career. Why don't you tell us a bit about that story?
1: Well, uh, sliding doors, hey. Mm. Maybe, uh, maybe it's nice to hear that because uh, I know that you, I remember when we, we were chatting mm. when you were having problems with Zap, yeah, struggling, not really getting where you wanted to be, mm. and then kind of by force you had to open up, gripped, Yep. and uh, yeah, sliding doors because look how that turned out.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like yeah. just the, the more and more that life goes on you believe that everything happens for a reason and, and puts you sort of on the path that you're meant to do bent to be on and as one door closes another opens and you know.
1: Yeah. And it, it was it was obviously it's turned out well for you.
0: Yeah mate, I'm in a good spot, I'm probably feeling as mentally good as I have in a long time uh, Feeling very motivated and driven to continue to grow and better myself And it's just the, I suppose the future of what Jungle HQ is meant to be is still a little bit up in the air Which, um, which is just exciting because, you know, the opportunities could go in any direction Gotcha Yeah, so what are you doing with yourself at the moment man?
1: Um, well, do you want me to talk talk you through the well, let's, story? Let, let's,
0: let's go back to the start, to when you were putting people in handcuffs.
1: Ooh, ooh! <laughs> Long time ago. Let's wind back the clock. Yeah, yeah. So I was a cop.
0: How no, old most, were you? Were you straight straight out of school.
1: Straight out of school, eighteen. Yeah. Most people most people don't believe me when I tell them that.
0: I've seen the uniform in the professional yeah, and unprofessional unimpres- <laughs> environment.
1: The stripping environment.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. what I was getting. at. Yep. So we'll, be, we'll build. There's, to a, that. Couple, there's a couple. <laughs> good, uh, there's
1: a couple of good uses for a police uniform. One is to enforce the law. The other is to make money as a as a male stripper.
0: Which one of those were you better at, stripping or enforcing the better, law? I
1: was definitely better enforcing the law than I was a stripper, a self choreographed stripper. Surprised to hear that. <laughs> I, I was a self taught stripper, and I've uh, I've spoken to some pro strippers since then, mm. and uh, feeling they, a bit they amateur. Definitely, they definitely. <laughs> Shake their head when I tell them that I choreographed my whole routine, and it was genuine pony, the hop stepper, and Monifa Touch it with my three, my three songs, and uh, right. and there was some yeah, some serious uh,
0: boombox on shoulder,
1: boombox in a bag, yep, throw it down, <laughs> press play, batteries in it. So how long? How had, had to be how, battery operated? How long does the act
0: go for? Hmm. Uh,
1: we're deep into the stripper story,
0: aren't we? Um, yeah, we we jumped so we jumped the cop story, and we're into the important stuff. Who cares stuff.
1: about the cop story? Yeah, let's talk about the stripper. Let's let's talk about the part when. Either way, I you've gone being from a being a cop. You stopped being a cop. Stop being a cop, and we'll we'll talk about that because there's some interesting parts. There to is. my police journey as an 18 year old joining the police force, yep. and and then how I exited. I think how I exited the police force is probably the thing that most people find more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I it's never fun. get tired of hearing the stories. <laughs> Yeah, a funny little tidbit about post-policing. Mm. Okay, so I finished the cops. I was broke. Super broke. And part of, I think a part of my journey has been quite financially irresponsible, especially growing up, uh, being young, feeling like I didn't have enough. And so when I did have money and had that coming in, I, I was spending it. So I spent every cent that I earned. Yep. I finished in the cops. No job. No uh, No income. No skills, no qualifications, and so I was just dodging around a couple of labouring jobs, trying to make ends meet to uh, to make enough money so I could party on the weekends
0: and get that gold jacket off labour. Oh,
1: it was on there for about three months, <laughs> four months. I'm glad that you remembered that. I've got pictures of it. I like. There's to a see good. E- there's a good example of the financial irresponsibility, paying four hundred dollars for a gold jacket when you have no money, when you have zero money. Priorities, though. But it was good for the one time I wore it. Mm. So. Finishing the cops, broke, no no jobs, no... You know, my first job post the police, I was, you know, on a labouring site with a bunch of guys who I'd arrested before and <laughs> wearing a yellow hard hat and, uh, you know, feeling how the fuck did I get here? How did just, this all happen?
0: Just while we're on that before mm. I forget, do you enjoy, did you enjoy the arresting process? Was there any enjoyment out of that?
1: In a, as a cop?
0: Yeah. 100%.
1: Mm. I mean, I loved... I love many parts of being a police officer, and I was very good at it. Yeah. And I was a – yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that because I want, I feel like we're diverting because I want to talk about how – We I are. We've be, digressed. How, again. How, how, how I became a stripper. Yep. <laughs> and I, know, I remember it was Liam Nichols, Lama, who was – I think it was Hannah at the time who he was dating, who became his wife, and um, they're not what, what together not? anymore. But, yeah, yep. and, and uh, I think she – her friend who I think she worked with had Was having a 21st And they wanted a stripper mm. And they were apparently in Hobart There's not There's not many good strippers around and it's Hard to find a good yeah, stripper Yeah, a bit strapped for choices strapped Down for in old Slowbart. Yeah, who'd have thought So, you know, Chop Me, I'm speaking about myself in the third person So Chop uh, at the time Liked to think of himself as a guy Who had a pretty decent rig uh, Kept fit was in the gym a lot so I got the call up, got a got a phone call from from Liam. Yeah. And uh, he he said that hey Hannah's Hannah's friend is is having a twenty first. We're struggling to find stripper. Would you do you want a strip? Mm. And for cash, of course. And I would do at that time I would do almost anything for cash and because I was I was pretty brave, of it. I was very in need. So I said, fuck yeah, of course, I'll do it. And, uh,
0: Confidence has never been a limiting factor for you. This is true. Gilligan.
1: This is true. And anyway, so I, I agreed to this strip show. It was going to be in like a week or something. And they, they had specifications that they needed three. She, she wanted three songs. It had to be three songs long. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they wanted a G string. That was all it had to be.
0: Okay. So and that was as raw as you got.
1: That was as raw as I got. that, that, that yeah. were my guidelines. And the rest I had to sort of come up with. Uh, And he said, "How much? How much do you charge?" So on the spot, I had to come up with a quote. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it was 150 bucks or 200 bucks, maybe. It's reasonable. Yeah, for them. Maybe 100. I can't remember. It was. It was, mate. Let's just say 150 bucks. Did you appreciate the guidelines? Was that helpful? I mean, it it helped.
0: Mm.
1: Having never been a stripper, I think the three the three songs and three songs was quite daunting. You know, three songs are about around two to three minutes long. That's that's a fairly long time to be sort of taking your clothes off and. Um, You know Trying to make Moving The time hips. go And <laughs> trying to make it interesting For the girls and, Oh and the other The other specification was No He couldn't get nude So You know uh, I think the grandmother Was going to be there So no nudity And so anyway I had my Had my instructions So I wanted to Do a good job I didn't want to you know, stuff it up, and I also
0: you took felt proud like, in your Proud. Yeah, yeah well, I wasn't just going
1: to show up in my in my tracksuit pants and just strip. Yeah, like I wanted to make it, you know, make it a show. Um, the, my first thought was I've got the I've got the police uniform, um, still, so that's gonna. There's, there's my There's my costume. <laughs> there's my in. There's my costume. Yeah. Uh, uh. And. Uh, and I had to work out what songs I was going to use and all that stuff. And so, because I had a police uniform, I then went. well, I'm going to need some props, so I decided to really go. And I needed a g-string as well, so I I went to a costume shop in Moona. Now it was a sex sex store in Moona, like a dildo shop, and found myself a, a male g-string, mm-hmm. a black male g-string. It was quite leathery. Yeah,
0: thing, mm-hmm. looking back, very gay, very Mardi Gras. Can you and can you not can you make a g-string? For a stripper, not look gay though. Like, <laughs> I don't think this is mas- possible. Is no. there a masculine
1: g-string option? I don't know, like the bodybuilding type. It did the, is that the, but they're not oh, wearing g-strings, no. though. they're sort of yeah. covering their their glutes.
0: But uh, still questionable. Still though. very
1: questionable. It's not it's not good. No. So, um, but anyway, I found my g-string because it was part of the rules. The other part was, what do I, what else do I fill the time with? So I found some candles, which were like extra waxing candles. So they. You know they were they were had it was called sex weight. they were yeah so for dripping mm. so I thought that that'll that'll kill some time and uh, and I also decided to get some handcuffs for props so by by the time and I remember it was a hundred dollars I was getting paid so I just said a hundred bucks by the time I'd bought the g string the the candles and uh and Oil. the handcuffs I'd spent eighty dollars of before I'd been paid the hundred and then. I had to buy a boombox boom because I needed my music. And I think I was down for the for the first job by like forty dollars out of pocket. That's all right. You You've um, got to show your worth though first. Yeah, and I, I was like, listen, I'm am I'm, I'm going to go hard. I'll probably get more jobs mm. from this. This is this Word is the beginning referral. of a new biz-
0: business. This is where your sales yeah, yeah. journey started.
1: Exactly. So anyway, it was a good it was a good laugh. All the boys at footy were uh, were pretty excited for me and. It was going to be a good story, and so the night came. Oh, and, and in the lead up, I sort of had to work out what I was going to do. You know, yeah, did you put some
0: hours in through the week practicing. Oh, absolutely. Mm.
1: You know, I I had to select my songs, and as I said before, it was the Hop Stepper, that was my first song.
0: I can't think of it. I need okay, to. Okay, so uh, just imagine. Can we get it up on the phone and maybe give it a little um, okay. preview through okay, the, on. the microphone? i uh,
1: as I'm as I'm getting it up. Um, so I had to get the Hop Stepper. Uh, genuine Pony And then Monifa Touch It And uh, Any any of the listeners uh, Are probably thinking These are the most cheesy um,
0: It's what you'd expect to find The cheesiest
1: probably. Strippiest uh, Songs The hop on, I'm just putting this
0: And, and this was pre um, Magic Mike
1: uh, yes, So maybe you is, were the is, original Yeah I think it was uh, Here comes off Yeah it was uh, Okay Okay
0: Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah I'm with you. It. Oh, keep it going. Yeah, this is my first oh. song.
1: Yeah, it was it was actually a good tune.
0: Nah,
1: nah, 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 nah you got it nah, in your head? Can nah, you picture nah, it while nah, you're nah, doing?
0: Nah,
1: nah, nah, nah. Yeah. So me- meanwhile, while this ch- while this is happening, I'm just setting my stuff up and then you're I just getting then I bust into it right now, and then I bust into it like this. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And then I'm just starting oh. to but my shirt. <laughs> 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 yeah, and then all the girls yes. are just having a like laughing, and then I'm just. Unbuttoning the shirt, just real slow. Did you have a
0: few drinks to loosen up before we oh, went in did there? The first time we did, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we
1: went to. I was working at the Maypole, yeah, uh, casually, and we, we had a few shots. And uh, <sighs> That's brilliant. yeah, so the first the first time, um, I was I was quite nervous, and I had footy the next day, so I couldn't get too drunk. It's a Friday night, and. A couple of the guys, you know, I had a full load of people in the car that were keen just to come up and just support me on on my first strip show. And peak. Peter. Mm. We had a few drinks, just to get a bit of courage, and we were driving up. I was in my uniform, and uh, as we were driving up, it was like Mount Nelson or somewhere, and which is up the hill for those who, who aren't in Hobart. And as we were driving up the hill, I said, I need a, I need a name for, for my... Character. Your your alter ego, yeah, my alter ego, and mm. it was uh. We 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 selected we we decided upon Sergeant Strip, Sergeant Strip was going to be the name and fitting it seemed it seemed genius at the time. Anyway, so rock rock up to the uh, the house, shitting myself, completely shitting myself, full full uniform, and I've just got this bat bag with my boombox, my sex wax candles, and my handcuffs, and like a jumper and stuff for after. And, uh, <laughs> and my oil I did take a lot of oil Reef oil and stuff And did you get that, uh, that from Scott Nichols? <laughs> 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 no he's been using a fair bit of it though lately um, Loves it Knock on the door And I think everyone in the house Was in on this uh, Except the chick Who's 21st it was So she had no idea and it. But everyone else knew mm. And knock on the door And I'm like in cop mode, she opens the door and <coughs> completely shits herself. She goes, oh oh, "Oh, oh, sorry." Oh, sorry. And I said, "G'day, it's uh, uh, you know, we've we've had a noise complaint." And she goes, "Oh shit!" She turns around. She goes, "Guys, just turn the music down. Guys, turn the music down. The cops are here. Cop- police are here." Sounds like an innocent
0: uh, girl. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And I just go, "Listen, I'm going to have to come inside." And she goes, "Oh, didn't see the bag that I'm just clearly carrying a big bag. I don't have a gun." Or any of, any of that stuff
0: yeah and she's in fight or flight mode she's though. just
1: she's just shitting herself yeah and uh anyway so i'm strolling in we we uh, she's walking into the lounge room <laughs> and as we get into the lounge room all the girls who have been at the party have arranged all the chairs in the house in this massive circle and there's one chair in the middle
0: just in the time frame that it's in gone the time frame her, she's come to the door she came to the door by herself. well coordinated yeah them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. so
1: they you know they took control they took the uh, and that's kind of how we, we we planned for it to happen and as she walks in <laughs> everyone's just in position on the chairs and she's just like the look in her face is like oh fuck turns around and it's i go I, I go my name's sergeant strip and you've been a bad girl and, she, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and i sat her down on the chair i said sit down on the chair and that's when my, that's when the boom box comes out that's when the hop step up comes oh. on like this, oh. and then we're uh, and then we're into it. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, so yeah, and, and uh, so the, the fu- one of the funny things about this was like you know a lot of strippers have those pants which you can rip off, and I know why because it, it's pretty awkward actually. It's taking not easy clothes getting your off, your clothes off because yeah, you pants. know everyone's in everyone's in the vibe and everyone's like clapping and everyone's like having a good time, and you don't want to hold the whole scene up. Mm. And and I only had the, the boots that I had were these tactical boots which were like really they had a lot of laces. So there's there's a, there's a point in my in my routine where I am sitting there for maybe what probably feels like 20 minutes mm. undoing my boots, trying to undo the laces, taking my boots off. And it's like, it's almost like we've all hit
0: pause on the show. Could have done it in a, like a big hamstring stretch with the ass facing the Yeah, I, d- I mean. Hindsight's a beautiful thing. It is, isn't it? Maybe yeah. if, yeah. Maybe I'll love uh, it. Maybe if maybe there's 2.0. Yeah, Ever. exactly.
1: I'll take that advice. Take that on board. I'll, I'll, probably, get, I'll probably just use shoes next time instead of my, my full boots. But, yeah, so that was uh, that was the first strip show, and there was a, there was a couple of others well, after that. Well, it sounds successful all in Mate, all. Mate, it was good fun. Yeah, it actually went well, and actually it was cheeky because I, I, I cut the songs down, so I cut them down to like – Oh, so you made a personalised mixtape If i I made a mixtape three songs long, and I cut the songs down, and they must have been 45 seconds each. Mm-hmm. So I really cut, I really cut it down. So, but no, I mean, I think it was still a good show, and everyone, everyone loved the G string, and um, you know, I didn't burn myself with the with the candles. So I'd light the candles as soon. As I'd, I'd press play, hop stepper comes on, I light the candles, and then they start burning, and the wax starts melting, and you, you know, by the time I've taken my pants off, and you know, my You've shirt and everything, of now I've got heap of, now I've got some good wax. I've got her handcuffed on the chair, I'm straddling. I give her the candles and uh and she's now in a position to pour them down my chest and so you can just imagine me leaning back while she's pouring them down my chest and all the girls There's just a lot of listeners getting loving it's knickers right now. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Well actually no, she must have she must have been handcuffed at this stage. Um, so but I think I think you put the handc- I put the handcuffs on and then you take them off so that and she can do the uh she can the candle
0: fondle. Stuff.
1: There you go. There you go. There's, so there's number one, and there was a there was a number of other.
0: The word got out. Hobart, I, I actually you know. recall what you offering if you'd like me to come with you one night. Yep. Mm.
1: Yep. Mate, you were, you were, you were, uh you could have been the, the apprentice.
0: Yeah, I could have been. <laughs> I could have been. What a
1: career you could have had.
0: Mm. Yeah. But um. as we said, if Two ever comes back around, mm. I mean, we'll see what's what.
1: I know who to call. Mm. So. Uh, so yeah, mate. The stripping, stripping is is a good part for is a good use for a police uniform. But as is policing, policing is you probably, also a good use for. You probably took some policing.
0: good skills out of even just the stripping in terms of just overcoming some fears, probably. For Sure. Some confidence for sure. Not that I for said sure. confidence was ever an issue, but
1: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For, for some some funny stories. Uh, some funny stories when I moved to Sydney. Mm. Um. I, I continue. I didn't become a stripper. I was. Uh, I was working for a guy who said that's just too tacky you know don't do it mm-hmm. but you can do topless waiting so you know to earn extra cash I would topless wait. I would be a topless waiter but you got a, you got a bunch of uh drunk girls on a on a hen's or you know a birthday mm. and uh they get to the point where they're like so we're going to do we're going to get a heap of money and we want you do we want you to do a strip yeah and that okay. would happen here and there mm. and uh yeah, so you capitalize yeah, on your opportunities you do, when they come. You do. You just take the tips when they come. Yeah. So, mm.
0: Mm. so yeah. So anyway, we've gone from stripping to topless waiting. You're topless waiting, and you're now working for
1: all the important stuff. Yeah. Today, right now. Mm. No, no, no. Back then. So you. Oh, back then I'm working. So that was my first year in Sydney. Because um, you moved working, into working. a gym. I was. That was when I was living in the gym down at B Firm in Paddington. Yep. So that's that was the birthplace of F45. That gym down at White City, um, and when I moved to Sydney in two thousand nine, I was working for a guy called Lee Campbell at a place called B Firm. Yeah, and so we used to train uh, a lot of kind of a listers. Lee was a bit of a celebrity PT back in the day. Sure. Channel Nine. So Carl Stefanovic and a you know a few of those types of people were training at the gym, and a lot of the wealthy, wealthy, wealthy Sydney siders were there, and 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 I was uh, I was earning my. A grand total of three hundred bucks cash a week, and living in the storeroom of the gym around the corner of the of the boxing room at the gym, which was uh, uh, which was a do, kind of like a do, um, derelict grandstand where like a tennis court grandstand thing. So, yeah.
0: And how long did you spend in that environment living there? Um,
1: well, I guess um, it was about eight months.
0: How was your was mindset months. through that? How was your well being through that?
1: Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe just um, might go back to how I even got there in the first place because there's a bit of a build up to getting to that point and where I was mentally, and a lot of that had to do with exiting the police. Yeah, and um, and so if yeah, quick quickly, how I joined the police was I was I was a kid. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was I was ADD at school, not diagnosed until at an adult, and um, you know constantly in trouble, constantly. Um, and not able to, to concentrate and just didn't know what I wanted to do. Good at sports but, yeah, a pretty crappy student. Um, you know, a friend was getting into the police and, you know, there was this kind of pathway which you could take from year 11 or year 12 into the police. So I took that pathway and, yeah, got, got a gig, became a cop and went down to the academy for eight months at 18, and... Um, uh, which was just—I was the youngest in my in my group—and the police academy was, uh, yeah, it was a good it was a good learning curve, mm-hmm. and it helped me grow up a lot and all of that stuff. And I got posted down to Hobart, and so started playing football at North Hobart Footy Club, and um, yeah, just started life down in Hobart from from being growing up, growing up on a farm on the northwest coast of Tassie, very different, and uh, you know my first couple of years as a police officer were, you know, I was a country boy Mm -hmm. on the beat, quite energetic, you know, really quite motivated by needing to prove myself, wanting to – because I was always like – I always through childhood and through, you know, right up until now I think the the pattern's still there of needing to perform and, um, you know, achieve things to – get love and
0: acceptance and... Yeah, you don't dip your toe in the water to test the temperature.
1: Up. No, <laughs> no, no, and I, I want to be the best and I want to do that because I feel, I, don't, I, I, think, I think I've had this, you know, not good enough feeling, you know, belief pattern mm-hmm. which has been a bit of a handbrake. It's been that thing that's driven me to do things but it's also been a, a mind fuck. and it's kept me, you know, a, a lot of the problems and I think the things that have happened in my life have, have been, have stemmed, from that as well mm-hmm. and so yeah anyway driven by that whatever it was whether it's that feeling of not being good enough so now i have to go and achieve now i have to be the best you I know, when i was when i was a cot a lot yeah mm. yeah yeah a lot a lot of people have it a lot of people are that way and i think um and it shows itself in in different ways and i think you're, you're definitely very similar to me mm. um i think a lot of people in the fitness industry are actually um you know we, we sort of want a bit bigger and Sculpt the body and all of that stuff because it makes us feel good we, we get acceptance and yeah. love from other people yeah. and uh, and we feel good it's like an external validator uh, so my at that stage as a copper I wanted to go be the best I wanted to get all the arrests find all the drugs you know do all the chases you know and uh and and get all the stats and I would every single week I would check my statistics against others and I would make sure that I had the most arrests in my uh, in my of my group in, in, at the academy and then a, at my station and you know so I was driven by that. I um, can't remember what year it was, uh, but I was out one night with my mates and oh, I might have been two years into the police force <laughs> or three years into the cops and I was out one night and uh, my mate just was on the on the pills pingers. On the bickies The stress <laughs> The yeah. beans And uh, yeah. he just he, he, And we were blind We were really drunk And I think it was 20 20 at the time 20 years old And he said uh, "Oh, do you want one of these? And I just said Yeah fuck it And Down the hatch
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I had the fucking best night of my life Was that your I first did experience? not look back that was my first experience. I'd never taken drugs in my life. Really? Do you, 20 always, years old. Always looked at it as it was an evil thing and terrible because I was a police officer. I grew up in the country. I, I was never around that stuff. And, it, and, and now you're kind, of, up,
0: you're kind of brainwashed and uh, educated to think that way.
1: Kind of, but it, we, it was never with us at school. And our kids these days, where I grew up, I, I grew up in the northwest of Tassie, Burnie, Smithton, like <coughs> near Smithton, which is buttfuck Idaho, yeah. the middle of nowhere, lovely place. Um, not much, just to do, not much to do Not much to do And it's quite country And But these days mate There's ice There's people on the fucking pipe There's yeah. pingos. There's everything for kids these days And if that had been me I would have been completely fucked Yeah Today I wouldn't have made it out of there I agree Because I'm, I was quite impressionable And I'm just so thankful that I wasn't there now We, we missed that Ice boat <sighs> I, I mean Yeah I'm very grateful for that Because I can just see that being Screwing me over But Yeah <clears throat> Um yeah, so that was my upbringing. Um, anyway, I had this had this had my first experience and I ended up having a, a a bunch of it at night. Mm. And you know, the first time you take a pill, it's it's like nothing you've ever experienced. It's Well it's not. You haven't you, experienced no, it. No, yeah. it's not. And it's just it's it was so different than I expected. And it wasn't evil, it wasn't bad, it wasn't anything but just the best were, thing. Were you Almost the funniest thing of it.
0: I was really scared the first time um, I took a pill. I, I don't know.
1: I, I can't remember. Like it was. I remember. I don't. I don't know if you remember syrup. Syrup. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure you yeah, do. Yeah. Syrup nightclub. We were just at syrup nightclub and we will just um, up upstairs, like the, the With top the top level. Really dirty, deep music yeah. till like six a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, and you know from there, I, I just every time we'd go out, it'd be kind of there, and I'd be on it, and then I'd go to work as a cop. Yeah, and um, it got to the point where I was doing this at the start. It was fine, but then you know there was a, there was a there was one particular occasion that I you know was partying until whatever time, and I had day shift, and and I, I ended up going straight to work from from town. Uh, St- went to the police station straight to duty. <clears throat> straight to duty. So I had a shower, I snuck in the back door, had a shower, had my uniform there already and, um, you know, went went in and worked. And uh, it, it was kind of then when it started to intersect, really, what I was doing was so incongruent with who I was representing mm-hmm. and my career and everything that was where my life had been headed, which was, you know, a police officer you know climbing the ranks doing well making my family proud that was my life it was all set out for me yeah uh, yeah so and and there were other there are other instances which were uh, kind of yeah it really Contributing just factors. It, yeah it just it just made it it just made it sort of untenable but you know i got investigated very small town hobart and you know, when you've got a guy who's out on the town almost every weekend, clearly, you know, 20 years old, 21 years old, off Engaging his face. in illegal behaviour. Yeah, you know, clearly off his face. Yeah. Um, people are going to talk, and they did. And Illegal dance moves. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of illegal <laughs> dance moves. Um, a lot of groping and all sorts of, yeah, the observatory bar for, for all of those people who grew up in the Hobart Hobart days and it's been and, uh, led
0: for everything it was worth hasn't it yeah
1: yeah so so yeah it came to a head I got interviewed there was an investigation done on me they thought I was a drug dealer which I wasn't mm-hmm. they thought I thought I was they thought I was dealing cocaine which I'd never tried cocaine actually well, at that stage. It wasn't it was down not, in Hobart about. yeah um, I was just a young I was a 20, 21 year old kid having a having a couple of pills on the weekend and um obviously just obviously bringing the police name into disrepute. And I see there. I see what was happening. And at the long term, there was that. no chance I was ever going to stay as a cop because I just wasn't prepared to to stop and and um, conform. And uh, and eventually, you know, they searched my house. They uh, they took my phone. Um, I, I was stood stood down from duty while the investigation. Yeah, you know, you know there's a fair bit going on. There was a lot of uh, I think a lot of other police were 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 interviewed. About my
0: conduct to see if they, you know, see if they could actually get something. And like you said, Hobart's a pretty small mm. place, so <clears throat> people talk and the rumour mill can run wild sometimes with a few extras. Involved. Oh, correct.
1: I mean, there's just a lot of mayo put on stories, and um, yeah. So I had had a lot to do, deal with at that stage. Um, I quit. I put my resignation in, hoping they would take my resignation. Because the last thing I wanted to do was be, to be fired from the police and, you know, they accepted my resignation and I was pretty happy with that because I thought, oh, at least I'm not getting sacked. Yeah. You know, my name's intact. And then I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Literally. He's the boombox. What the fuck am I going to do now? I didn't think that far ahead. I was like, fuck, I'm in the shit. Mm. Where there's smoke, there's fire. This goes on, something's going to come up. I'm not doing the right thing. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not. I, I didn't think I was a bad person. I wasn't a bad person. I, I was having a good time. Wasn't the right thing to be doing as as, as that. It was against the You're law. Twenty-one year old. It was against the law, and I was breaking the law. And I was enforcing law, and <clears throat> yeah. So it had to happen. But and then I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do now? And so yeah, I, I, apl- I applied for a couple of jobs as a labourer. You know, just, just to see, just to get a bit of cash. My first job was at a place called Near Star, which is a zinc works in Hobart, and they were having a shutdown at the factory. So they needed a bunch of labourers, and I uh, I was one of them, and I was thrown in this room with about 40 blokes, and <clears throat> we all had hard hats on, yeah, so you had to have a hard hat on at all times on site, uh, even in the rooms so I' was just looking around this room and i was, I just recognized a bunch of guys. there was two guys in particular who i'd arre- who who I'd arrested mm-hmm. as a cop, and Is there that was awkward? one yeah, look I remember feeling like just that sense of like oh fuck like i just I can't be bothered dealing with this like I mean it's not ideal yeah but no 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 words were said. you know we looked at each other, but you know they didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. It was, it was a massive sense of, like, how far my life had crumbled. <laughs> it yeah, was a massive bit of a sense. of reality check. It was a massive sense of, you know, back to square one, like that you couldn't get any more rock bottom than having a yellow hard hat in a on a work site and uh, with the guys who you were a couple, couple of months ago. A couple of months ago. Pretty quick. Yeah, a couple of months ago I was wrestling one of the guys around on the, on the ground resting him mm. and... Yeah, so it was a massive, I guess, fall from grace could be the word or, you know, the phrase you could use for that. Yeah. And uh, and so there was a 12-month period between then and when I moved out of Hobart to Sydney, and that was just, there was a lot of partying. I got arrested uh, in that period, um, running away from a, a, a traffic stop and uh, kind of being Cousins style. Mm yeah on the on the as a fugitive around hobart for for a night they didn't catch you though did they yeah like not not you, for 3 you, hours no 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 they didn't you. catch me when i ran i was off and then went went out and just kept it on kept on partying and and uh <laughs> they caught up with me eventually there was another chase through the city of hobart and i got their man eventually there was too many of them so um
0: <laughs> it's funny you know, they, now
1: yeah, oh, it's great. It's good it's great fun now. now. Yeah. Good fun now. At the would time have, it was, would have been a little bit of fun was, at the time. It though. was not it was ideal.
0: Stressful fun.
1: Hard to explain to the parents.
0: Yep. Yeah. We've all had to make a few of those phone calls and <laughs> make our explanations. We have. So, yeah, you can yeah. so that's setting the scene for this 12-month
1: period of me working as a Tyler's labourer. Uh, I had a job as a metre reader. I was reading metres as a you know, the aurora meters, the <laughs> power meters, and I got sacked from that job because yep. I was taking shortcuts. I was I was dodging across people's lawn. Again, I wanted to be the best because each route as a meter reader, they timed them. Mm. So you rocked up to work and you had a certain route and, and there was the record time and I wanted to beat it. So I was cutting cutting across people's front lawns and taking apples off people's trees. I mean, things that you wouldn't expect to be a problem. To come back and bite you. Yeah. And, you know, people complaining, they'll get sacked. So, yeah, I had a bunch of jobs like that. Good apple,
0: though I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it was pretty good, mate. Tassie, Tassie fresh tazzy, apple. Yeah,
1: yeah Tassie fresh apple, nice and juicy, nice and tasty. Good crunch. Yeah, yeah unbelievable. Mm. Mm. So, so twelve months of, of just Job being, a bit of a, uh, being a bit of a being a bit of a I don't know, drifting, 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 partying, coming down, depressed, not broke. You know. All of that shit. Got a um, got an opportunity to move to Sydney. Um, friend referred me on to a bloke who was looking for a PT up in
0: Sydney. Were you qualified by this point? I wasn't qualified. No,
1: I had um, I, I'd started my qualifications, and that's why I got
0: the referral. But you've always been in good physical shape, yeah. so the gym was not a foreign environment no. for you.
1: No, I mean, and what do you learn? Is a what do you learn in that certification anyway? Very little. You don't learn mm. anything. So, I mean, my first PT group was. I was just taking them, taking them through footy drills, yep. you know, and and I learnt from there. But um, moved to Sydney, and that was, you know, that was the mindset I was in. And my decision to move to Sydney was like, I need to get out of this place because I was just spiralling, not happy, and stuck. And uh, <coughs> I was offered, I was offered a a, a job for three hundred dollars cash a week and free rent at the at the gym and and so the gym was there there was a storeroom we put my bed in the storeroom my first night my first couple of nights there was like on a swag on the floor uh, of the gym and yeah so there was my sydney my sydney my it entry birth. to sydney was like clean slate let's start again out of uh, you know out of hobart and get healthy and it was a, it was definitely not what i expected um I went there, and there was a lot of cocaine, and there was a lot of. Um, it was just a. It was like going out of the out of the fi- uh, frying pan into the fire. Mm. So, well, yeah, bigger city, bigger city, eastern suburbs of Sydney.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, mm. Yeah, so that's how I ended Sydney. And I think your question before was like, what mindset were you in? I had FOMO for the first twelve months. I was in. I was. I was in uh, Sydney. Missing people i was doing a long home. distance relationship i was um you know I was earning 300 bucks a week and yeah I mean it was it was tough it was tough okay. made it work yeah it made it work I was going to move home so I was um pretty set to move did home. you wrestle with that decision for a bit had an arm wrestle decided that i was uh i got introduced to some other people and they were going to pay me a bit more and and sort of took that took that opportunity and stayed and was pretty happy I did because um, from there I um, I, I actually d- I didn't drink I didn't do any other substance or um, you know I looked after myself for the for, for a couple of years yeah and um, you know just gradually grew a business of personal training my own personal training business and, and
0: you really used YouTube as a platform to probably launch a bit of that would you say fair Um, Look, it's it's a funny one. People ask me about YouTube. Are they still up?
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got, like, there's a million plus views. and um, Those kettlebell videos videos. videos. went nuts.
0: Yeah, they did, yeah. They they were sick, though. Yeah, they were good. They were good at the time.
1: Yeah, I think that a lot of people, people keep emailing me now. Yeah, uh, right. Asking me about it, and it was a sliding doors moment. I was going to take, well, YouTube, I'd make a video. I'd post it. I'd make a video between sessions because I was bored, didn't have anything to do. I'd throw it up. In yeah, Movie I enjoy Maker. the
0: creative process, mm. the editing and whatnot. It's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'd throw it up and bit bit of uh, validation, mate. You, you get a couple of uh, views pretty quickly, and um, some I don't know. Somehow they took off, and a lot of people just decided I was the kettlebell. You were the kettlebell the the kettlebell, kettlebell expert. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was something I became known for, and that's how I grew a bit of a profile. Mm. I got some media and. Yeah, and then
0: I wanted to had you started when you were doing the kettlebell shit, had you started manifesting the idea of rapid yet? It was that seed planted or um, where did sort of your first thoughts of that ambition come from?
1: Oh, mate, I was I was pretty um pretty over being a PT on the gym floor. I was mate, I was doing up to fifty, sixty P T sessions a week. Yeah, and that's um, burning the wick at both ends. Big time. Big time. I've been very doing that unsustainable. Yeah. Yeah, making great money. Uh but just burnt out mm. and I wanted to find a way to get off the gym floor. Uh, and or probably somehow coming from someone time.
0: whose money has been completely scarce. Yeah. To them to then having money coming in. Everywhere, yeah. That would be, you know, your, your priority. But you can see now, having gone through all that, that there are more important things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. your time and quality of life and overall well-being and mental state. Yeah. Needs to be managed
1: Yeah mm. oh, I, I think I wasn't really conscious of that at
0: the time I was more just like
1: I'm, I'm fucking sick of this or Like yeah. I'm, I was bored yeah. I was bored I was I was
0: Monotonous and just repetitive oh, just, yeah, Day in day I just, day just day wanted out. a new,
1: new challenge So
0: There's that ADD There came, there came
1: Yeah There came a time where I had to make a change I was going to actually be uh, An Instagram uh, There wasn't Instagram at the time But I wanted to be like a personal brand. I was going to grow my own personal brand. Yeah. Um, start some sort of business where it was Chris Cochran. And you, you know, it, was, it was kind of like a version of online training at the time. And online, you know, meal plans and all of that stuff. This well, this back would have been 20... around
0: when social media started to sort it's of... It's about like
1: 2011. Yeah. Um, Yeah, 2011-ish. So that was where YouTube was up. And I think, that, yeah, there was definitely social media, potentially Facebook and stuff. But it would have been internet. Like, we would have built... And I had a lot of meetings with people who were going to build this business based upon all of my YouTube videos and stuff.
0: Yeah. So and why did that not happen?
1: Look, I got an opportunity in an Anytime Fitness. I was getting coached at the time. I had a business coach. And there was an idea around hiring trainers, putting trainers under, under me. And I started <laughs> to do that where I was. Yeah. And... Uh, it was going okay, but it wasn't scalable. The, that gym that I was at, they weren't very open to it. And so I had one or two under me yeah. working and then they just weren't able you know. They, Which they is kind of
0: what the situation with me at ZAP was, hence the frustration and constant dead ends, trying to get people to open the communication lines to the clientele and getting them to understand that in a 24-7, no lock-in contract gym, that personal training is their only client retention really. Other 100%. Than their like for the facility.
1: Well, I found Zap to be because it's glow because it's a it's an office. There's one office with uh, all of those locations. I found it to be a lot different, and I've had Where is a couple it? of times uh, individually franchise. Yeah, yeah. franchise. So each franchise owner is quite different as well in the way they manage, but also I think quite motivated for things like PT. Um, whereas I found the Zap like more of a corporate structure. Mm. They just don't really care about each club. It's more about the aggregate. I don't, it doesn't matter if this club, this club, this club's doing shit, because this club, this club, this club it's keeping is killing it and it's yeah. it's, cov- it's covering and it's hitting our KPIs. But they don't—they're not too concerned about this individual club. Couldn't give a shit. But it's about the whole. They went in. They—they they didn't even care about the individual member. No, not at that's all. just a number. Oh, mm. um, so yeah. So yeah, I had all these things. I was just frustrated. I was like, "What am I? What am I going to do?" I had this one option to open a business as a, um, you know, as a, as an expert, as someone who could help like corporate men transform their body online, um, and and also build a team. And and uh, as it happens, there was a gym that was opening up near me, in um, in Alexandria in Sydney, and Anytime Fitness around the corner. I'd heard about this model where people went into Anytime Fitnesses and they they would know building teams so i just hit sent them an email i just said hey um you know interested in chatting to you about what you're doing with your pt mm-hmm. and i got an email back straight away it was a it was a lady she was a new owner hadn't ever managed or opened a gym she was doing it on the side of her current job as an accountant she hadn't told them what she was doing this so she was taking calls at work on the sly and so the last thing she wanted to do was open up a um, gym and have to manage trainers and recruit and manage and work all that stuff out so me the stars I just, were aligning yeah so i said to her hey um i'll take all that stuff off your plate like i'll, I'll pay your fixed fee every month and you just give me free range to uh, an exclusivity to recruit pts and to run a business so you had no competition in there I had no competition yeah no and and it was a brand new gym and we did this special offer where everyone got three free pt sessions when they joined mm-hmm. and it just it just really took off and so that was my first that was my first and mate, I had this crazy deal where I was I was paying five hundred dollars a week flat. So at the time, it well, was like the fact
0: that she's got no background gym experience. You've hustled that well.
1: I have, yeah, I have a bit. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, it was. Uh, it was. I could. I recognised that a little bit, and I don't want to say I took advantage of that, but I just said, "Here's here's my offer, five hundred bucks a week," and she was like, "Yes, that's, that's great. That's mm. great. Let's do it." And I just knew within myself that I was going to fucking cream that, and. Yep. And knock that out of the the ballpark. So how
0: many did you get in there? We had seven
1: seven PTs in there. Yeah. And
0: what what sort of size was the member base? About 1,100. That's a fair few PTs for that size club.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, because we built this culture
0: of trainers in there. It's almost um, become a personal training gym.
1: Well, here's a boring part. Here's a boring observation, which I'm not sure, you know, for anyone who knows gyms or who's been in gyms, like a boring observation is that PT is a culture within a gym. You know, if you start a gym with PT, high PT penetration, it seems to continue. You know, the, however, if there's a gym where there's no PTs on the floor, no one's doing PT, and it's that way when you when you get in, there, it's very hard to start
0: to grow a culture of PT. I think that goes beyond just gyms and PT culture. It's a, it's your product of who you're spending your time with. If I spend time around. Ambitious people that are driven and constantly wanting to better themselves I feel a need to sort of elevate to that standard Whereas if you hang out with I don't know what do you want to call them less Low ambitious lives, grubs Yeah, we've maybe spent a bit of time with in the past ourselves <laughs> You know you, you allow yourself to to drift as you use the word before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah fair call mm. Fair call and I just noticed but because we started we started when that gym opened and I started with a bunch of PTs, two or three, and me. And we got every single person who signed up into PT pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, that There was always PTs on the gym floor. There was always people doing PT. And it was just a massive culture. And I had a really good thing going on with the manager. And then she would always give us really good um, recommendations to the new members. And, you know, I was in there and I did every consultation as well. So I was the one selling for our trainers. And I just gave the clients and they just – they. They service the client. So that's something
0: that come quite naturally to you.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then yeah, so that that's how we did it. We had seven pieces. It was the most money we ever made in the whole business. Was was that one Gee, was the most it was so profitable. Yeah. So profitable. And then unfortunately, well, we 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 grew, you know, you've got gym owners hearing about these people who or this guy who's taking control of Recruitment and management of PT, and he's also paying the gym to do that. It's so basically paying the gym to to do a service and to mine his or her gym membership for more money. Mm. You know, it's a great deal. So I we had a lot of mem- gym owners coming and asking me, you know, if, if okay. If I so you started me. getting approached. Yeah, I was getting approached. Um, ego was getting stroked, and I was, you know, had had these ideas of expansion. And because it was going so well at a small scale, I, I thought, well, look, I mean, how bad could, I mean, what could go wrong? Yeah. It's going well here. Why couldn't I do 100 like this? I didn't have any, any th- you know, I didn't, I didn't think about scale. I didn't know about scale. I didn't know how problems come at scale. Uh, I just, I thought I at the stars in my eyes. Um, so yeah, we, we started to grow and I took on more locations, invested money in growth you know, mate, there was a time I had 100 grand in the bank and I was, and, you know, I hadn't had time to even think about what to do with, what to do with it and what I was, yeah, whether I was going to invest it or whatever. So, so in this
0: model, what does investment for growth look like?
1: So, investment for growth uh, when you're scaling these, fran- when you're scaling with, um, your, with an anytime yeah. fitness, uh, so there's a lot in people. So when you when you're hiring more contractors, there now comes a, a call for more full time staff. Mm-hmm. So as I scale, uh, as I scaled from Alexandria, then to, um, there was a couple of city, a uh, couple of gyms in the city. There was one in Piedmont just in Sydney. Um, we needed an office because now it wasn't just me at home. I needed I had other full time people, mm-hmm. and so I needed an office. So I. I got a lease to an office. I hired uh, an operations manager and a sales manager. Uh, I also then had sales, I had to scale my sales system, my sales part because it was me doing sales, trains weren't selling. So yep. I wanted. actually thought the best thing would, would be to scale that model where I hired sales people. And so I put them onto retainers and train them and then gave them commissions as well. And so the trainers kept training clients and salespeople kept, you know, making sales and following up leads and all that stuff. So, you know, it was in people, it was in systems, it was in um, you know, the fit outs of each of each gym would be about ten grand by the time I'd bought all the all the equipment, um, you know, for the office and yep. you
0: know, w- What um yeah. where were you learning your sales skills? Okay, so Sales skills. And were you doing scripts and shit like that for them to learn? Yeah, inside out. Yeah,
1: because um, sales was our the reason why I was able to scale that business. The reason I'm why a I was bit able of a to do Wolf that, of
0: Wall Street vibe here.
1: I, oh, yeah. Mm. Mate, I mean, that was that was it. Have um, you
0: have you looked at his straight line persuasion system?
1: It's funny. You, it's funny you say that because that was that was my first experience was going to a, a one day event with the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, and I've listened to it. Oh, mate, he is the best. He is. A genius. A lot of what he says makes perfect it's NLP. Sense. It basi- yes. It's NLP, basic NLP, but the way that he delivers it and he's framed it up is 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 very clever. Yeah. So I was good at sell- selling. Innately, didn't really have a process, and I couldn't teach it because I didn't have a framework for yeah. it. So I had to break down what I was doing to then teach my new salespeople who I was hiring and putting into gyms because now I had five, let's say I had five gyms yeah, and now I needed probably three salespeople to go between to follow up leads, book co- consults and to sell and the only way that business was going to f- get money was if these guys sold yeah. and we were fucked if we didn't and it was a risk and so they were the lifeblood of this business and that was the only reason we could scale. That's why I think a lot of businesses and, and people that haven't been able to emulate my success at at that model is because they haven't worked out the sales stuff. Yeah. Because basically it's a market any any business is marketing and sales. Every business is marketing and sales and then you do something. You know, you deliver PT, you um, you're in real estate, you, you buy property or you sell property on behalf of, you know, a vendor or a buyer. Um, whatever. So um, how, how how I did it was I, I did I, I was trying to tr- I framed up what I did. I tried to break it down and I, I built a little training manual and I, I got my tr- my salespeople in and I was trying to train them and they kept coming back every week saying, Yep, so we had we'd have you know twenty meetings this week and one sale. And I was pulling conversion. my fucking hair out. I was I, I was pulling my hair out and but just couldn't diagnose. Couldn't diagnose. Do you still the problem? remember the speech?
0: My speech. The sales speech? My sales speech? Yeah, the one you tried to teach them?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Walk,
0: walk me through the process. Okay. Do you want me? You, yeah, you want me to walk you through the process? Yeah. It doesn't okay. have to be word for word. but okay. w- w- What was your methodology? Um,
1: so we'd start off with like a, a meet and greet at the at the at the front of the at the front of the gym. Sure. You, know, you you'd meet the client or the prospect and say good day. And it was always about that first impression. Yeah. So within the first point two of a second, you know, people have made up their mind. So they had to be sharp. They had to really look the part. Um, they had to be on on their game. Yep. They couldn't stink. They had to, you know, just had to emanate success, emanate stink. excellence.
0: <laughs> oh, mate! Some of these guys, some of these I know, I know. Train. I've been in that commercial gym environment.
1: Oh, yeah, they wouldn't wouldn't have a shower. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they'd have terrible breath, mm. and you had to be so on that. Some of these guys. So you had to be super sharp because you were dealing with people who were sharp and. If you were a grunt, then no one's going to respect you. And if you don't get respect, then no one's going to buy from you. No one, no one wants to work with you as a professional. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it came in that first impression. So I was very big on making that really sharp first impression. Yeah. Um, you know, big smile, but confident. You know, not, not too much like a <laughs> dog, like, ha, hi, hi. But it was, it was a confident, um, you know, that confident energy. You're not going in with your hand out. Yeah, Begging. absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely yeah. not a beggar. No. But you're there to lead you're there to, to um, support and help this person on whatever journey it is that they're going on um, you know and then you'd sort of walk them into the office sit them down uh, we do the blood pressure um, go through the medical just to see if there's anything that's out you know that they've written down mm-hmm. and then you'd be like okay cool let's let's get started and uh, and look the way today typically rolls um, really the goal is to, um, help you get the best experience, get the best results possible from using the gym. And that's really what the, the session's about today. So how are we going to do that? I'm going to got a couple of questions to go through, ask Goal you about setting. your goals, ask yeah. you about what you're doing in the gym. Um, we'll, get, we'll then hit the gym floor. We'll go through a bit of a workout. Um, if you've got any questions, ask them when we're at the gym floor. And then we'll come back here uh, and I'll make some recommendations. I'll tell you what I think you could do to hit those goals faster. Um, you know, at the same time, we obviously have some services which help people get to their goals faster, and if there is a fit for that, and you know we feel like you maybe could use and benefit from that, um, I'll take you through some of those services that we have, and that might be some that might be of interest to you. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll get to that later. Ready to go? <laughs> Let's
0: get into it. And, yeah, and that would be it, and then yeah, you'd go through. It's not too dissimilar to what I did in the in the Zap space was just approaching the. Treadmills, The cardio area Because you know That there's probably Going to be the greatest level of Let's call it perhaps in, Incompetence Or lack of confidence To be on the, the In the weight room mm-hmm. um, And Just simply Introduction Hi I'm Jack I'm the trainer here Just going around Wanting to getting to know All the member base Bloody bloody blah What do you do with yourself Okay cool This person's a lawyer Great They've got cash I'll keep talking mm. Um, <laughs> And then You know Get onto that goal conversation Might be Oh yeah I really want to Tone up And You know Build my glutes a bit bigger Or whatever If it's a woman Or you're talking to a bloke And he wants to get his arms And chest bigger And well you're not going to do that On the treadmills From there I'm offering that obli- No obligation Free consultation And coaching session Throughout that You're trying to positively Reinforce the things They're doing But also Um Basically creating as large a gap as you can from where they are To where they want to be And positioning yourself in the middle of that as the solution Because why the fuck should they buy from you You're a dodgy car salesman really mm. Until you've actually had the opportunity to show some worth mm. yep. But it, it worked really It's an effective yep. build up you yep. know? And then once you've got that base That's where I managed to bring on staff underneath And delegate their sessions With me taking care of the marketing and the payroll And the programming or whatever it mm. may be
1: yeah, I mean, I think being a PT is the easiest part of being a PT. The hardest part is marketing and selling. Yeah, and and that's why people uh, want to work for other people. Mm. That's that's what holds and that's why people, people back come from and go. A business. Yeah, that's what allows guys like you to grow a business. Is because you have what other great PTs who are probably better PTs, probably than you. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: um, yeah, there's some there's some guys out there that have like. You look at their credentials and what they're um, ha- what they're educated in and whatnot, but they just don't have people skills and yeah. they don't have sales skills, and they just the information that they've got they can't translate it into into an understandable format for the for the Gen Pop user, yeah. which makes it just void.
1: It's yeah, as I said, like the easiest part of this business is nutrition and helping people exercise. I mean, it's not an exact science. You, you just take people out there, um, and there's a lot of uh, studies. There's a lot of stuff you need to learn, but really, you're you, you're taking people through. If it's going to be fat loss, it's calorie deficit, strength training. If it's muscle, it's um, whatever. You know that that's the thing. And and yeah. and I'm sure like people listening to this are going to say it's the best methodology it's not, is there's no set methodology. Yeah, and it's not it's not as simple as I sound make it sound to be, but it's the easiest part. And because if it wasn't, every every everyone out there would have a full list of clients, and they'd be making shit loads of money. And yep. they'd have a big business, they'd have a sick gym like you've got. Um, but this is the hard part. This is the part which is of the most value because this is the one that gets rewarded the most is being able to organise, get leads, yep. make sales, run a business. That's the part which um, is missing for a lot of professionals and a lot of people who complain.
0: They're probably the things when we talk about the certification. there's probably should be a larger emphasis on that component. Yeah. I well, don't know. Maybe. I don't think or it's Or maybe rude. even a, 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 separate, a separate.
1: Look, I think if, if, if you want to be a PT, then be a PT. Just don't complain about not having a business. Don't mm. complain about not having clients. Like, don't complain about being paid, um, like, whatever you're getting paid, if you're working for someone, because you don't have the skills. Mm. You're a great trainer. Focus on that. Learn that. Then if you want to actually uh, get rewarded more, then learn the skills that are going to get rewarded which are marketing and sales. Like I think that's the thing. Some people want to be PTs, but then they want to be a millionaire as well. Mm. And it just doesn't happen. Like well, within
0: that. that too. It's not just earning, uh, learning marketing and sales skills. I think that might serve you well mm-hmm. short term, but unless you've got a higher power that is behind your reasoning, people will eventually see through that and it will probably, you know. Like crumble. a why. Yeah, you got like to be deep. Yeah, why. to be genuine. Yeah, you know what I mean. And a, and a deep why on why you are doing it, rather than just an exchange of time What's for your money. Why? Uh, mate, the reason why I do what I do is because I've been exposed to um, the harms that eating disorders do on mental well-being and um, I suppose the overall quality of life. Um, and that's that's ripped through um, some people that I've been really close to. And uh, as as a young PT when those things sort of originally sort of popped up in my life, I was inexperienced, ignorant, and, you know, didn't know how to recognise the signs or what to what to even do in those situations. But having, you know, just had a bit more life experience and, and grown up and, and seen a few things occur more than once, you start to recognise, oh, shit, there's a fucking, there's a, there's a greater problem here. Um, and that affected me in a way that I realised I had an opportunity to actually make real change in, in somebody's life beyond giving them a six pack. Yeah. That's so my why.
1: <laughs> it's the epiphany that so many of us go through when we're in the fitness industry, isn't it? Mm. What change are we actually making? Mm. Are we feeding insecurity? Or are we helping to, or are we treating the symptom you know, of a deeper cause? Yeah. Uh, and is it really important? Is it, how, how fulfilling is it to help someone who's already 10% body fat get to 4% body fat?
0: And that's like when I first came into the industry, I thought oh, for me to be respected and for me to reach the top of my industry, I need to be working with bodybuilders and get people shredded and professional athletes. And then you find that's quite an empty, empty bucket, you know mm. what I mean? And then I far much prefer work with the Gen Pop uh, community. Mm. that have got deeper real issues that you have an opportunity to really improve and that just might be the way they feel, their energy balance, their cognitive function if their um, career is important to them or just trying to, you know, living with things like autoimmune diseases and irritable bowel and stuff like that. It's crippling on somebody's overall well-being. So if we can improve those metrics then, you know, that's where I walk away with a greater sense of pride about, you know, my purpose day in.
1: And um, so, what you've built here at, at Jungle, mm. you know, it sounds like it has a quite a you know, it's got a purpose. It's you know, you were saying before, you're at the jungle, anything goes. We're yeah. at the jungle, so it's I'll about see, yeah. radical self acceptance. You know, what is that? That's What's it. it about?
0: Um, Well, you, you mentioned something before in the police force, and you know, you felt a degree of um, con- feeling the need to conform or even suppression. Um, and in certain ways, through my previous business, as that continued to evolve potentially into something that it wasn't originally founded on, uh, I, I was having those senses, I, I was feeling a sense of um, a need to conform or suppress my opinions um, due to the risk of upsetting other people within those four walls. Um And I've only got probably for that change of environment um, or culture within those four walls of that business. In a way, I've only got myself to blame for it given it was mine. But that's what happens when you let too many cooks in the kitchen. But the problem was I let cooks in, not chefs. So I, now in Jungle, having not been asked the right questions in a long time and when I was, had all these epiphanies, go off in my head and it was like just getting hit in the face with a big wet fish and went shit I'm not happy and I um
1: so how did that manifest though so you're not happy like what was happening for you you know it sounds like you had a you you were you were not aligned with where the business was no, heading yeah. and, and but so were you waking up depressed were you you know how was it well, how was it working well I think
0: out? um you know we have a lot of similarities and my work ethic was probably born off a bunch of previous failures with my sporting ventures, which is what I thought was in store for me as a career path and, and lifestyle. And when that didn't work out, you sort of left in a position where you need to really reevaluate who you are and, and what's important to you and what the fuck I'm going to do with myself. Um, and then... I need a complete blank there. Where were we? It's
1: your, uh, your Bernie's son... Thanks mate And uh, Did you feel Did you feel Huge footstep A Pressure
0: Yeah mate Like you're I think any Young fella who has A healthy relationship With their old man Looks up to them Like they're a god And idolises them And then when you've got Someone who's an old Father uh, Who's achieved What he's achieved In his life That is probably Then well magnified And um, You know I was born with Natural ability And talent And unfortunately i just thought they were the things that were going to get me there um and it just wasn't so it but i don't think that was due to any lack of ability or lack of um execution of skill what i can recognize now again looking back is what i needed was a sports psychologist because i was unbelievable on the training track but come game day i was sort of um like a deer in headlights crippled with with fear because of these internal um Expectations I had upon myself or what other people had a- around me to 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 fill those footsteps so that's um, but but i'm really glad that everything happened the way that it did because it, it's It's created an, a new opportunity for me And I think it's given me put me on a path where i've got something and a livelihood where I can sink my teeth into something much more meaningful than sport yeah yeah um but what I was getting at before it's come back to me about the business is you know you, you've you've gone in the deep end here of I've, I've emptied my bank account I've borrowed 50 grand for furniture to fit out a gym with anything I could and just kept reinvesting every dollar that was coming back in to build it up to something that I uh, could feel proud of and wanted to train in myself. A lot of it's come from your own selfishness, you know what I mean, of what you want to train in. And if I like it, well, I know other people will too because i spent that much time in the in that environment. And then the business goes on a few years in, and all of a sudden, you know, you're you're out of the red, and you're making money, and things are systemised, you've delegated responsibility, and you kind of get to come off the tools, so to speak, just like you were saying with Rapid. And now it was a bit like, okay, well, what's next? What's the next move And of course There was still Direction and goals That were, were in mind um, But That that shift Of momentum Or just Sort of Reaching that goal Sort of just uh, I found myself In a place of Being complacent And very comfortable And, and Almost just like Satisfied You know It's like Oh yeah i got a pretty Cruisy lifestyle here Probably only having To put in 30 hours a week if I really want to and I'm making good coin. But over that time I've not necessarily been aware of it right then and there but now having the opportunity to reflect just seeing my mental state diminish um, because I wasn't, wasn't striving for anything, um, wasn't trying to better myself, sort of became lazy and for me that was just toxic in my own mind and the things that did excite me, um, because I've, one thing that I've never stopped doing is trying to learn. And that, that really motivates me to continue to be more and more knowledgeable because then that's going to give me a greater ability to um, bring change, which, as I mentioned, is what I'm actually passionate about doing. But a lot of these new ideas that have been stimulated from new learnings were being prevented from flying so having my was not able to spread my wings. Choose my words carefully here. Um, due to certain um, jealousies, perhaps, or feelings of scarcity, and so yeah, I felt I felt confined. I Sounds felt, like there's uh, a bit of conflict there. Yeah, I felt confined. No, not like nasty conflict. Like actually. Um, actually having a blow or you know serious words on a frequent basis just you know people change and cool. and your mind and your mindsets change your perspectives change your opinions change and if 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 you're trying to work in conjunction with people that have got a different mindset or uh, belief system than you do then it's like a tug of war and it's it just wasn't um it wasn't functioning so it was a it was a tough decision for me given that um I founded the idea of Gripped and I can remember even sitting in, in 2012 in my family's downstairs bedroom um, in the middle of the night searching on Google for a list of words that had the letters PT consecutively in it and just scanning through it for anything that I could have pulled relevance to. And, um, and when I saw Gripped, G-R-I-P-T, I didn't even think that that was a real word. i got no fucking idea what it means. But either way, it popped up on this list. And I really liked that because for me, I could put meaning to it about, um, multiple meanings to it, which is if that you're not happy about something, a bit of a Jordan Belford, you become a creator of your own circumstances rather than a creature of them. Um, and taking control of your circumstances in your own life, because again, just like you, feeling a bit lost in the direction that I was going and I had some previous failures, and perhaps wasn't in the greatest space or necessarily engaging in the most positive behavior or life decisions. And gripped was about actually taking grip and taking control. Grip it and rip it. Grip it and rip it. And it's funny because, you know, I always interesting, you know, hearing people and like, oh, get ripped. I was like, oh, you know, it's interesting getting their interpretation of what the branding actually meant. But that's what it meant to me. And, um, and that's what it very much started out to be. But as I mentioned, I think the culture had um, shifted over time to becoming more commercial um, and friendly to and welcoming to whatever niche that may be. Um, and having now stepped away from that, which I was saying before, I felt really tough to walk away from something. I felt entitled to it. I felt like it was mine. I don't want to give it away. But then having been asked those questions and realising, well, I'm not actually happy and this isn't where I want to be going and that's probably not my future and I want to be doing all those other things. It made it a lot easier to say, that's your fucking ego, Jack. Let go of it, reevaluate." And, mate, it literally went from thinking about opening another gym and expanding to overnight being asked the right questions and going, I'm leaving. And I, I make all my decisions pretty intuitively like that and once it's made, it's made. You will not... Shift me from that path I Told my business partner Two days later That I think it was time For a change Um And that was responded How was he? <laughs> uh That was responded With word for word Remember I was your age When I had a change of career So we. I think rather than having an, oh, shit, my business partner's leaving, the one who actually created the intellectual property was the face of the business and built its reputation, was cool. Well, I now get to make it my own because, as I said, people are pulling in different directions. Now there's not that roadblock in the way um, and things are probably – it, it was the right decision. It was the right decision yep. for both of us. Um, and so that that was made. Um, I went down to Tassie and spent some time with my family. Uh, you know, obviously – shared my opinions with them and my um my dear friend and mentor Brad Dutton who has helped me on a magnitude of occasions over the last 5 6 years in business um and sort of mapped out mapped out the jungle in in that in that week um and just sort of yeah felt that little spark of inspiration coming back with just optimism and self belief which i had been missing for probably a long time um had a look on realcommercial.com found this place returned back to melbourne on the weekend and looked at this on the tuesday at the time was um leased by the oriental tea house which is a a restaurant over or restaurant over here that and it was just full of boxes and an absolute bomb site but i spent 10 minutes 10 15 minutes in here and just Visualised pretty much where everything was going to go So I had the layout Of where every piece of machinery was going to fit Before I even had the lease And uh, I made him an offer that day Said I can pay your bond and three months rent today If necessary to secure it Because there was other people there And I didn't want to lose it And about a week later I'd signed the lease Before I'd even finished my my last day of business At the other So um, June 10 took the lease And uh, renovated Pretty much, yeah, flat stick until it was done. Went to th- My last month has pretty much been uh, finished the renovations, went to Thailand to, with the intention to recharge the batteries, um, having had a long stretch of manual labour, as of we've both discussed, isn't our forte, um, and prep, uh, do some preparation for the Taboo Truth seminar that we ran two Saturdays ago prior to the opening. And I was in Thailand for 36 hours before I was in hospital, uh, uncontrollably vomiting and spraying out the ass. Um, I Was doing so in my hotel room and thought i'm in a bit of trouble here and sort of passed out for an hour or so on the bed Where I came back to it and was in real pain So I thought I need to get some help got myself in a taxi by the time I got To the hospital my eyes were rolling into the back of my head My veins had collapsed and I was not in a good way. I was actually pretty scared to tell you the truth um, What the fuck happened? I, I don't know um, You still don't know I still Mate I like I said, I was hallucinating, I was in and out of consciousness, I was going from hot sweats to cold sweats No one was really communicating to me, there wasn't much English oh, um, I was scary. in the emergency room, there's people screaming, I'm fairly certain someone died next to me um, I'm I'm just feeling the sensation of needles banging me, them trying to find a vein on me And that's not typically too hard um, And then... Got to three in the morning where I'm finally getting some communication and they want me to give them a $3,000 deposit to be admitted. And I said, well, what are you going to do to me? And they just said, monitor me. So I'm like, no, fuck this. I'm gone. Sat in the hotel room. So I caught a cab back to the hotel room where I sat there for five days to just build up enough strength to get on a plane and come home. So I now have, it's now Saturday afternoon and I'm heading to the airport and I haven't eaten since Monday night. I get back to Melbourne. I'm okay for 24 hours before I get hit with another wave. Don't really know what's going on, but my joints had seized up. I couldn't get out of bed. My eyeballs were excruciating. Couldn't look left or right. I was wearing sunglasses in the dark in the bedroom, not even watching TV for about four or five days till I started. I had a Chinese doctor come out to the house and everything. I was willing to try anything. I ended up. um getting a, this, sorry? This was this just was just gone. Of this ago. was no, no, a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, right? And uh, got a few vitamin infusions, some IVs, and then the first day that I could actually get out of bed was the Wednesday, and. Um, I'd, I'd had four meals in two weeks and lost twelve kilos. And the first I day, say, of, you're looking a bit lean. Yeah, thanks, fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's and then early. <laughs> I'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and then got out of bed on that Wednesday because the shipping container has delivered all the gear. Spend the entire day with the forklift unloading the uh, the gear onto the gym floor. Well, at the end of the day, there was not any gym floor to be seen. And I've headed home in a pure exhaustion, and I will admit I shed a tear of feeling overwhelmed on Wednesday night of just pure <laughs> exhaustion <laughs> and fatigue. I was just I was drained, and then the next uh, seven days were consistent of fourteen hour days with a socket set and wrench in my hand. And I finished up at about four pm on on the Friday, the day before the seminars meant to be running. The gym's open, so I timed it. To the, to the nines I've gone home and thought Well now I've got to do some prep for this seminar That I'm doing tomorrow A couple hours reading I'm going to have to do the best I can Thankfully once the day got going The juices flowed and it all went went well And was a good success um, having, having done that uh, seminar And with two people that I'm so grateful for That have come into my life Being Jake and Holly uh, And we are just We really feel like a a, a little family, which... um, So are
1: they your business partners in... They're My business
0: partners in the education education. space, but we're all doing our own individual things as well and we come together because we share a passion for the same things and education is... um, so is what, that, is that a
1: separate business though, you, you guys, or is it just kind of running ad hoc? It yeah, it's moment? just
0: running ad hoc at the moment, but um, in time when things become scalable, so we're probably looking to create some certifications that are, you know, signed off, so that's when that might happen, who knows. But that's where I'm saying jungle, it's just it's the oyster at the moment. Um, so we ran the seminar on Saturday night, came up here, excited and good spirits and decided to get hammered on the podcast, recorded an episode, gone, so Sunday I'm hungover. And then opened the gym Monday where I had about 40 consultations and did about eight hours of podcast recording last week. Still worked Saturday, ran another private internship Sunday. Then it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and here we are today, Thursday. It's been, right. it's been, I'm right. looking forward to doing fuck all on Saturday.
1: I'm going to try to process all that because that was a journey you just took me on. Yeah. The it's,
0: listeners. it's been a journey. It's
1: a journey. What's well, been the... Apart from almost dying in Thailand, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like what's the feel? I mean, if you had to sort of describe how you feel right now, what's the feeling?
0: Euphoric. I wouldn't change a single thing about how any of that's happened because as much as those things sucked, and I even remember it was my birthday. It was the second day that I'd um, had this lease for. And I was in here by myself. Two of my best mates are overseas um, and I'm just grinding concrete and I'm covered in concrete dust and can't see a metre in front of my face. It's seven o'clock at night, and I'm, yeah, by myself on on your birthday. I don't really care about your birthday, but you know what I mean. And I'm thinking, this sucks so much that I love it, because this is where most people would say it's too hard. This is where most people pull the pin. And again, having pulled experience from my previous failures, that's the shit that now puts me with a mindset that, is willing to do what's necessary to make shit happen and not not quit, and then having to go through all that struggle, it just makes all the fruit taste a little bit sweeter now that I'm here.
1: And how's it going? What's so you had forty consults? Like, are they your clients? Um, are and they just for them com- combination, mate. Or? Combination. Yep. So it, I,
0: I've I've titled it as a private coaching facility. Um, so I've got two two guys working here at the moment, and that's something else I discovered in my previous businesses. I don't like being anyone's boss. Like, sure, I own this gym, so, you know, if I say we're going to put the hamstring curl there, it's going there. That's that's my choice. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like a bit of a condescending dickhead being a boss and rather than that, I, I don't like a lot of the negativity that exists in the industry um, of people putting one another down for their methodology or just sharing information that's the best that they've got to give. Um, and I just want to work amongst like-minded people that are, that are driven and ambitious and do everything that I can do with the experiences that I've had over the last 11 years in the industry to help them blossom. Um, and rather than be confined to a set of rules, jungle represents radical acceptance of individuality and the jungle is an ecosystem full of ve- very um, diverse species and we welcome that here and you can express yourself through the form of exercise no matter what that looks like. Um, and so that's that—that's what I have sort of embodied in the creation of this place because, you know, like some of the, the petty things or the small things, we'll call them, that just uh, created my circumstances was, you know, being questioned on oh, look, I think it's a bit unprofessional the footwear that you're wearing or it it doesn't look good that you go down to Rainbow Serpent Festival once a year and let let your hair off, you're meant to be a health professional, which apparently means I'm meant to be a Catholic nun and not human and I'm not allowed (laughs) to engage in fun. Whereas, and do you think I give a fuck about helping someone who wants to not work with me because they don't like my shoes? So, you know, that's where I mean whoever you are here, it's welcomed. Um,
1: So (laughs) Yeah Just I mean It's certainly I think anything's hard Like any relationship's hard I mean How often do you find the person That you want to marry And be with for the rest of your life I mean that's What a business partnership is And Yeah fucking oath It's it's One of the most Crucial relationships you'll have And probably the biggest thing on that too When
0: you go into business with a friend You better be better prepared Potentially lose that
1: Yeah yeah That's true And that's, that's a lesson yeah. It's a lesson you can um, I guess talk about Because
0: But I have oh, no resentment Yeah Because again If all of these things happen, Haven't happened the way That they were And there's a lot of the, You know We've highlighted some Some bad things there, oh, mate, there But there's, there's a, there a be fucking so Hell movies, of a lot yeah. of success stories And some Some beautiful memories That I'll have with me forever And um, so many learning experiences mm. But again it's It's all of these all of these experiences that put us on the path and where we are today, and I'm grateful for it. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I choose to look at it that way rather than, um, you know, have, have a chip on my shoulder. But but I'd be lying if I sat here and said that I haven't gone through a process of emotion, uh, uh, like a yeah, a wave of emotions, um, especially like a glass cage. Yeah, of emotion. A glass cage of emotion. A glass cage of emotion. Run burgundy. <laughs> where I've gone, you've just completely fucked my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> but but, a but waves of emotion that have also probably like I, I've for the last six year five six years longer I'm I'm used to being around people you know you see a hundred people every day and I I thrive off other people's energy so you come in all upbeat we said it before I'm going to come and match your your I'm going to mirror you I'm going to come and join your energy mm. and so that's what made me tick. And now stepping away from that and feeling very isolated and alone and at times when you're doing the, these renovations and shit and you're waiting on tradesmen and you've got your hands tied and you feel like you're not making any progress, that was really hard for me. Um, but like I said, I I actually wouldn't change a single thing because you need darkness to see light and the, the that darkness or the difficulty that's come with building this place just makes it all a lot sweeter for me now. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah Yeah I resonate with Being around people mm. And then not being around people Having an identity And then having to redefine who you are Yeah and, and Work that out Like who am I Without mm. ripped, Who am I without RAPID That was my business and Yeah describe
0: board. who you are Without telling me what you do Correct You know yeah. what I mean
1: it's an identity that we have, and and I think your identity. That you, I mean, it sounds like you've gone through the identity of being Booney's son, being a sports person, being a business owner, mm. and then you know having gripped, you know, being the grip guy, and and then wrestling with letting go of that, and you know, and, and look, you know, it's not as if you've you've struggled with it too long because you you here now, you've built this pretty phenomenal facility and you, you sound like you're growing a following so and you're going to build a new identity and that's what we do we 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 build our identity around often the things that we do and the things that we've achieved and, the, and accomplished and 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 I think that the why I resonate for that is because when I lost my business which you know we built that ra- rapid PT that was that which we still need to come back to. <clears> yeah well look I story. mean that built that that was a um you know that got to the point where it was Who I was. Mm -hmm. It was my life. Everyone knew me because I was in business. Um, I was drinking my own Mm Kool-Aid. And uh, I mean, I look look back now and I think like I had pretty small business in the scheme of things. And um, when you're comparing it to people with businesses, however, that's what my identity was welded to. That was who I was. And the minute... The day that I didn't have that, when I went through my liquidation, I had to call my accountant and say, we're not going to make the sales targets that we need to hit. I'm not going to be able to pay the debt that we had. We had a balance sheet. Um, what do we do? You know, and then we had to pull the pin. So what created
0: that. that situation? Because you were in Sydney. My belief is you were in Perth, just set up yep. in Perth.
1: Yeah. Oh, yep. so, so – so you know, rapid grew pretty fast. We went from uh, year one was like... F-
0: As per think, the name?
1: Yeah, five, six hundred grand. Why
0: rapid? Where'd that come from? Is there any, uh, is there any very, deep, meaningful uh, was, story it was, it was, behind it no, or is it just no, sort no, of you're just, you just gravitated toward it? Not too
1: dissimilar to your story. I wanted yeah. it to be short. I wanted it to be to have a meaning around pro- progress, um, getting results and like fast, fast results. Mm-hmm. Um, and the word rapid was you know kept coming and up and targeted
0: a very impatient society that want That's instant it, exactly. gratification That's it.
1: you know people want it tomorrow They want it fast people want it tomorrow and that was what i was wanting to feed into yeah uh, so yeah growth was fast we we were able to scale pretty quickly I, I was working with some some franchisees who wanted me to really scale and they were giving me gyms and i was i was having to fucking recruit train and manage people at at Crazy, crazy rates and the and the lessons and learnings that I had to sort of start to embody. And I was creating, you know, I was, I was hiring contractors hand over fist. I was hiring staff hand over fist. I was spending money. I was doing teaching and training. PTs, we were managing clients, all of our clients. So we had at one point around six hundred sessions of PT, six hundred fifty or so sessions of PT happening each week. Yeah. On at scale, so we had ten or ten or eleven. Well when I say ten or eleven, that we had we had about twelve sites at our peak um, in Sydney and Perth, but there was a couple of sites which just never got off the ground and, and we sort of didn't really we had some bad blood with those gym owners and that sort of finish. But um yeah, so we had Perth, Sydney and Perth. And when you create Why Perth Well the guys who we were working with in Sydney had gyms over in Perth and they just said, Hey, we want you we want you to do it over in Perth. Yeah, cool. And I was like, Fuck yeah. Never been to Perth. Dalla, dalla. Yeah. Oh, mate, show me the money. Yeah. And there ain't no money because you've got to make sales first. And to make sales, you've got to recruit trainers. And to recruit trainers, you've got to, you know, you've got to fit out the gym with all of your rapid stuff. And you mm. have to access, you have to allocate resources to this project. Yeah. And so you ain't making money, you're losing money. And then when you're recruiting trainers, and training them and teaching them, and you and get a
0: big turnover of trainers too. Oh
1: yeah, man! Like I'd say it'd be one of the biggest, one of the industries for like the highest turnover of of, of staff. It has to that be model, in definitely. that model, definitely. So yeah, I would be recruiting a PT. You know, the training we were selling PT about $120, 130 bucks an hour. They were selling it, and they were probably getting twenty five, starting at twenty five percent, thirty percent, moving up to to fifty. Percent
0: based on their skill set, or oh, based on based their time.
1: upon their yeah how good I thought they were I guess. Um, yep. A lot of it was we, we ended up had a, had a really good framework for progression. People had to apply to progress. They had to fit some certain cri- they had to fit criteria, yeah. you know whether it be experience in the industry, length in, in, in the business, result client results, yeah. Um, so there was a there was a framework for it eventually, but at the start it was just me going kind of saying yes intuitively yeah 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 so that was that was a crazy period of time which was the growth of rapid and we went from being a very small um company with me in one gym and uh, seven trainers just creaming it in, in one small location to you know having millions of dollars in revenue being spread over multiple sites over australia um, and one of the biggest things about growth is that leadership is is key. You know, you need to be able to lead your team. People need leadership. They need guidance. They need um, constraints. Mm-hmm. You know, they need boundaries. People crave that and they need that. But there was no pro- – I, I didn't have proximity to my team mm-hmm. because I had 10 sites. Yeah, And so I had to work out, well, how do I actually extend leadership out to the field? How do I – you know, how do I manage? And I, I didn't like to call it managing because people – don't need to be managed. You need to manage their tasks and lead people. so people need to be led, and their tasks need to be managed. You know they need to be helped to do the things that they need to, to do, but they also need to be motivated to do that. Yeah, and that need that comes from leadership. Um, and if you're if you've got ten sites and you basically let's just say you've got an anytime fitness in Mossman, which we have one in Mossman, Neutral Bay, um, Saint, Le- you know, Saint Leonard's. Let's go. So on the North Shore of Sydney, we also had. Um, three in the city, one in Alexandria, one in Piemont, two over in Perth. I'm not getting to Neutral Bay or nah. Mossman every day, every week. Sometimes I wouldn't get so there for a couple of months. So a trainer would rock up to work, maybe it's them, maybe it's one or two of them in the gym, yeah. and they would just rock up to work, do their thing, get the clients, train the clients, and eventually they start to get to the point where they're like, oh, well, I haven't seen any of the management. I haven't seen Chris. Um, I'm not getting paid enough. Uh, they, they'd complain, misery misery likes company, so they're going to complain to their, you know, to the gym manager. Yeah. And they, they're they going to start
0: chatting. And then, mate, it, it becomes and like then a cancer. And they just start chiming up. They want oh, to say. it becomes a cancer. They're like, the fuck you. Oh, well, fuck you too. I'll jump oh, on board. Mate, yeah. They're giving me a bit of confidence because I'm not it's like a alone on it. Yeah,
1: exactly. like a snowball and it gets momentum, it gets traction and in 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 their head they they start to believe the shit that they're telling themselves which is i deserve more which mate you just you've just rocked up you've just been given a job i've given you all this training all you have to do is come here yeah, and fucking train the client ball. yep and uh and listen here's a progress here's where you could be you know stick around and and whatever but here's the thing about that model it's people need help at the start they need, their, they need to be trained on how to get clients. They need to be trained on how to sell. They need to be trained on how to actually be a trainer. They need the systems. They need the tools. They need guidance, leadership, all that at the start. Yeah. But once they're up and running, they forget all that. They go, oh, I've got clients. Yeah. Why am I giving away 60%, uh, 50 up to 70% of my income, my income, yeah. to this Chris guy? So – You know, and there's a there's a fair bit of discontent, and then if they build up the courage to actually leave, you got to recruit again, and um, and so the cycle continues. But yeah, we we had a we had a we had it okay. I I I implemented a management system which was based upon Vision PT. Um, I had a chick who was consulting to my business, um, who was super helpful. She brought in a bunch of the make Vision PT is fucking. It's a it's the most systemized business in the fitness industry Mm -hmm. and that's why they've been able to scale and it's very good they're very good and and andrew simmons who who was one of the founders is he's that that's his mindset he's a very systemized person and uh and a very detailed person uh, and he's very fucking anal and so everything has to be following a system and a process and that's what we lacked so when you're scaling um you need systems and you, you also need leadership and so the things that when you're scaling a business, if you, have, if you lack systems, then it'll, it's all going to f- fall to shit. If you lack leadership, then all the people are just going to turn against you. It's going to be um, a mutiny or they're just going to you know, cause this toxicity, this toxic cancer of um, discontent, of complaining, of victimisation, being a victim. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what happened. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we got to the point where I you know, you got 40-odd contractors, you know, five or six full-time staff. 600 plus PT sessions a week, all happening, Uh, and 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 then yeah, it was hard. I lost, I lost. What what happened was I lost a trainer, I lost a couple of trainers who were really crucial, Mm -hmm. and they they went off. One one of the guys went on to um to found or to start an f45 across the across the road from our gym there, and he's now got 14 f45s and like making millions. And uh, <laughs> and I remember at the time I was about to promote bit him bit as a manager, and there. he was, uh, oh mate, I'm so happy for him and, and his business partners. Uh, at the time, mate, I, I was I was quite. Um, so he went into. Well, You've probably he been quite influential
0: in, in that process for them.
1: Oh mate, I, I was entitled. I was also just triggered. I, I was. I mean, business was fucking hard. My business model was probably one of the hardest business models to to run. Mm-hmm. Every day was a grind. There are lots easier business models to to make money from than the one I have. So every every day was hard, and I was just constantly under stress. And so then I got my one of my my best trainer at the time telling me who I was who, sorry my best trainer at the time who I was about to promote who'd been wanting a promotion to uh, a wage as a manager for um, for a long time I was about to do that. Um, telling me now he's going into business with the gym the, the gym managers at the gym they were all now going to open a um, an f45.
0: Well, they did really start a cult. And yeah, cut, man, cut and, the and, legs and out I, I was makeup. like.
1: You know, he was doing like 40 sessions of PT and yeah, he was leading that team at the time uh, as an in, in, in informal basis and, and he went into business with the two guys at the gym and, and I was mates with those guys. You know, They were all good guys mm. um, but I took it as a personal attack. Now, fuck, if you're in their shoes, you're, you're working at this gym, you know, you're working for this guy, you're earning like 40 bucks an hour or something, you're a killer PT, everyone wants to train with you you get an opportunity to open one of these new and up- upcoming franchises across the road, then what are you going to do? Like, you co- of course you're going to take that. Um, but I, I took it as a personal attack. I took it personally and I responded in a way Which that I was like you can, pretty aggressive.
0: I can see why you would though because you've invested your personal time and yeah. experiences with them. You've let them into your inner circle.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there was all of that. So is that what, um,
0: you said you responded in a personal way?
1: I responded in a personal way. I um I he he told me what he was doing. He told me that he was gonna go and open up this gym across the road pretty much and um I was pretty pissed off but then I was more pissed off at the two boys. I was like these two guys from the from the gym have now coll have, have gotten my have gotten my staff member involved and it's all a big coup and I went into the <laughs> I went into the office, closed the door and basically ripped their heads off and you know, screaming and shouting and um you know, all of that, and the, and then it was just obviously quite
0: awkward. Probably just um, a reflection of how you were feeling at the time with all the stress, mate. Big
1: time, and and now look at the guys—they're flying, and mate, I couldn't be happier. Have you got a relationship
0: them. with them now? Look, or, not or really. Was, no, was or, or it just done and settled, but, and you're all sweet with that? Um, yeah, that's
1: it. Like, it, yeah. it's, it's all sweet. Look, the funny, in the,
0: the, the funny street, things, say good day again, absolutely. happy to hear doing oh, well, absolutely. But that that you're happy with that.
1: Mate, sliding doors though. When I see yeah. that, when I see the. Uh, all the all the cars and all the uh you know, the houses they're buying and um one of them's good mates with Dougie. And and Dougie's often saying, Oh, you know, Geordie's done this and Geordie's done that and Oh, is that who you talk? Yeah, It's I know it's hard talk, to yeah. um it's hard for me to it's still See it's I'd not mm. be lying if I if I didn't get that feeling of like sliding doors, but it's like But for me oh, I was so busy, yeah.
0: What 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 expenses? is that money coming at? Where's your fucking dignity? Where's your credibility? Some of the shit that's going on in those gyms.
1: Oh, as in like as an F45 yeah.
0: franchisee? Yeah.
1: Yeah, look. Look, it's not all bad. It's yeah. just. Mate, don't get me wrong. If I, if uh, I had a chance again, to open yeah, F45s, you, I would have fucking done it. Like it's I a great like,
0: business yeah. model, but we've discussed, I've give, I've shared my why. Yeah. There's not much room for me there. To no, be, uh, there's not. No. You, you couldn't so. open a franchise.
1: Um I'm a bit different. Like I saw it as a sliding doors moment. I was so fucking busy with my head up my ass in this business, which was going hard, which was hard, drinking my own Kool Aid, ego, uh, ego, being the man. Mm. And um, and meanwhile, I missed an opportunity. I feel like I missed. I feel like if I hadn't been so tied up in this shitty business model, which was doomed from the start, I would have might have been able to then get on one of the first F45s and been a you know made a massive impact. Do I want to now be an F45 franchisee? Um, no, mm. no. Um, would I jump, you know, if someone came to me and said, he's here's an F45 franchise, um, we're going to let you buy, we want you to buy in and whatever, I'd, I'd definitely look at it. It's so still a strong business it's model. A, it's a very strong business model. Mm. And and I, I congratulate those guys and I think I laugh at how it all turned out. I laugh, I think it's, It's so funny how you've got it. The way I responded, but look, look at these guys—they're laughing now. So, um, but anyway, that was a sliding doors moment, and so there was a that that was that was one of the catalysts. I mean, we lost a lot of clients, and 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 I was so just busy just chasing my tail trying to catch up, and we lost. Well, Perth was just kind of Perth was actually quite really profitable for a for a long time. I had a really good chick, strong chick there, and she. uh, she wanted to move back to Sydney, so I brought her back to Sydney. What she, was her name? Hannah. Hannah Ivanova. She was she was my um, she was my right hand. Uh, she was like a manager, or a salesman. she wasn't a PT. She would she was over there, kind of managing and uh, working with the team. But yeah, mate, big big mutiny over there as well. Like those guys were um, their own little team. As soon as we pulled Hannah out, it was it sort of Chaos. the ticking time bomb went off, and so we got rid of that. And then I was busy consolidating some of these locations that we were. Closing and the business kind of went down a bit. Um, took on a bit more lost debt. A little bit of self belief in it. Not really. No, no, I didn't. I never lost self belief in it. I, I was so bullish on it, even to the day that mm. I, I was going to. That we had to put it under. I, I didn't see it coming at all. Um, funny. Still yeah. rattles you up a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, the it's, it's funny. It's 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 funny because I was. Um, we actually were profitable when, when we went under on, a, on an accounting basis. I just had a balance sheet. I took a bit of debt. Christmas time would come, decimate our our top line. Yep. Everyone goes away. Suspensions come in. Yep. All my expenses are stay, uh, stay the man. same. Yeah. Um. Besides my contractor payments, and, and uh, so I, I borrowed money, and um, like a to, to to sort of fund that. Yeah, and and you know I had a balance sheet of X amount of money. If i paid that off, and I need I need to hit KPIs after Christmas, twenty seventeen, to hit my um to hit my numbers, pay that off by the middle middle of the year. Uh, we were profitable sixty k, mm. fifty k a month. Yeah, but as it happens, I didn't have enough to to be profitable, and then pay and pay the debt that was on the balance sheet each month, yeah. based upon the sales numbers that I kept bringing through because I had the debt. Made I bought a Range Rover Sport, or there was
0: um. It was just a lot of. I was stupid waiting to st- mention the stuff. rangy that, from, some perspective, looked like he took it kind of well, like making jokes about exchanging the rangy for your pushy. Yeah, yeah. Or was that a defense mechanism? No, no, no. It was. Oh, I, yeah. Been, so anyway, been, I lost you've been the business. Worse. I lost
1: the business. The day the day the business went under, I had to call my accountant and say we haven't hit our numbers. And, we, and we, we, we didn't reach the sales targets because it was like I, I'd made the, the, the decisions to invest too much money into stupid shit like Salesforce. We put Salesforce in. We must have spent 50 grand on getting Salesforce in, getting it all built, getting it trained, um, and not to mention the time that we had dedicated to it. I built a new website. There was a all this bullshit that I went on in 2016 that I just I wasn't in the fucking gyms with you know really just getting in in out the gym i was in the office focusing on this crap like um website and crm and uh branding campaign and bullshit 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 when i needed to be out on the gym floor i needed to be out there with the people, with my trainers i needed to be recruiting Hands hard on, and yeah. training and all that shit but anyway look we lost the business didn't make enough sales in the end i i, I didn't have enough have enough trainers on the gym floor and um couldn't pay the bills went um Went into liquidation, and mate, that was a bit of an admin
0: nightmare. I was about to say that just—I had personal must guarantees so out, out of my stressful.
1: backside, like a lot of the debt. We like the car and um, some of these personal, some of these loans that we took out with the business. Um, you know, things like the printer. There was there was just a bunch of yeah debt up. that. Um, that I owed now, thanks to now the business was under, now it was my personal debt. So then I almost went bankrupt, personally. So I lost everything. And to be honest, I'd been pretty stupid with my cash up to that point anyway. I hadn't, I hadn't really invested it much. I'd, I'd pissed it up the wall. Um, so I hadn't really, I hadn't, I didn't have a massive wealth. Um, I hadn't built wealth from my yeah. five years with a multi-million dollar business you know, two and a half mil at its peak. Um, I hadn't really banked a lot of cash. I hadn't really built a, a portfolio of investments, Yeah. Um, which was silly. So that was a – but either – if I had, if I probably would have lost that too because I would have had to pay all the debts and, and I went through the whole negotiation process with my creditors and, uh, you know, thankfully I was able to come to, come to some – arrangements with them that I paid them less than what they were owed and they what's the worst case off.
0: scenario in that situation
1: we go bankrupt yeah okay yeah worst case is you go bankrupt like you can't pay your debts you got creditors who like mate they'll take a debt they'll take a deal because just for the convenience
0: of getting something
1: well let's just say your assets or let's say you're at your debt is a million you've got 200 grand in assets um well clearly that doesn't add up there's no it, it doesn't make sense so you then, you then get a bankruptcy trustee who communicates on your behalf. So he now or she, they look at you um, and they start sending letters to all of these creditors that you've got. And they say, hey, hey guys, uh, look, you know, I'm John Smith, bankruptcy trustee. I'm acting on behalf of Chris Cochran. Um, pretty serious problem here. You know, Chris has got a lot of debt and not enough cash to pay. Um, here's a list of all the debt that he's got. So they know, they can see all the debts and all the creditors that I've got. Um, and here's, here's what his assets are, bank account, shares, blah, blah, blah whatever. And, and they say, here's what we're offering. Now, we're going to offer you 20 cents in the dollar uh, to settle this debt. You know, what say you? Um, if you don't take this deal... Chris will be forced to go into bankruptcy. My fee as a bankruptcy trustee is 60 grand or 80, whatever it is, X amount, which reduces the pool even further. Um, and you, you, you're going to get less. And you're not likely to get a return and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they take the deal. Most of the time they'll take the deal. And, you know, it took a little bit of time for me to sort of sort that out. But I got through that. And uh, I took the deal. Yeah. And – uh um, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare though going through that shit. Uh, I, I owed the business a lot of cash too. The business was, was one of my biz- biggest creditors because I'd taken a b- lot of money out of it and hadn't paid tax on it. So yeah, um, and my liquidators came for me, came after me for that. So it's um, that whole process taught me a lot about just. Oh my, my creditors were following me on Facebook as well. Like a lot of them were following my my pictures and know what i was doing i went to america yeah i went to um um colorado was skiing uh and most of it was paid for by my mates i was staying with friends they were paying for a lot of my stuff because i was broke um or i didn't i wasn't going to spend all the money that i was going to pay my creditors yeah um but they were seeing my spending they they saw me just on on the ski slopes in colorado and they're like what the fuck like yeah, yeah, no, yeah. you can fuck off. We're not going to take your deal. Like, you've just pissed our money at the wall. Like you've got money, you've you've stored it away somewhere. So, so I was anyway, going to ask you about
0: regrets. So that's probably one of them then.
1: Yeah, well, you just you're probably a bit more smart in what you're posting on social media when you're going through that stuff. But so I got out of that, um, and my identity. So he, I guess where we're going with is my identity. My biggest prob, the biggest challenge that I faced after this business went under. Um, Wasn't losing my money Wasn't losing my Range Rover I was fucking happy to see that thing go Because You know At least they took the deal That meant I did, uh, You know Yeah And and it was like It was such a beautiful car But it, I, I I got bad advice from my account At the time when we got it And probably should have waited Um, And I wouldn't spend 140 grand on a car again mm. Not in a hurry anyway Hang on a second And uh, Yep Yeah Sorry. So this is the part where you're
0: you've got to pull this the rank where, of the, This of is the, the boss. part where yeah, I'm the boss. Yeah, when yeah, yeah, the yeah. music's interrupting our podcast. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I like to leave it there.
1: <laughs> so the the identity thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I didn't mind about losing the rangy, although. Was it's nice to have. And It's bloody nice to have a rangy. Yeah. But mate, when you're just paying two grand a month and then all the all the rest, it, you know, mm. it's uh, it's it's. I I, I can rel-
0: I can relate to that, mate. I um, currently driving around in an AMG. And wow. Wow. uh, upgraded to that three months before my decision to uh depart, and that's now had to be transferred into the the new and again i i I can recognize that it's a it's an ego thing it's nice i don't need it but it's it's nice and in in a way that was part of the um toxicity that sort of had entered my mind in having a business that you could almost treat or view as a bit like a sugar daddy because i'm still getting my my drawings and my wage that i'm paying myself and and what's coming out of that account into mine. It's like oh, that's for yours to keep. And the business is taking this, so it almost felt like I'm just getting it for free. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah. Again, and that's that's what I did. I mean, when you sometimes when you found a business that scales. Yeah. And i I did it, and I've heard of, of other people. It sounds like you did. And I love that car. You end up squeezing. You squeeze the life out of the business because mm. you're you're like I
0: was paying myself twelve grand a month. And, and we're both we're, we're both being young men. Yeah. And it's um I'm yeah, do I do I need that car? Do I like that amount of money coming out of my account each week? No. But it's nice to have mm. and again I'm just choosing to view it as a lesson in that okay, this is a scratch that I needed to probably itch. Now it's been itched and I'll be sweet from here on in, you yeah. know what I mean? I've, I've I've turned that card. Card to What colour? Is it silver it's at the front? I'm actually thinking about getting it wrapped in the jungle green. Oh, nice! Because that would look pretty uh, suave. On brand. On brand. brand exactly. On brand. Yeah. 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 There were um, the bells and whistles, the toys. They're nice to have, but yeah, they don't. Make if, shit, if that's the measure of your shit. happiness, then I think you need to have a good look you at yourself sometimes in the mirror. Scra- I
1: think. So, I think that's again from from that feeling of not being good enough. Mm. That was my feeling. Was I wanted that car so I could show other people that I've made it? Hundred percent. Yeah, and then. By the, by, the, uh, by the second week, it was just a car. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, but my identity was not that car. It was more the business and it was more like having a place to go to work. And when I didn't have that, I didn't have my business, I didn't have my purpose, all my people yeah. who I could interact with. I was now at home working from home being a consultant. I started to work with gyms and I, I got consulting gigs quite quickly. Uh, just through my network, people who wanted me to come and um, build them a new sales process, train their coach and their coach their team. I was doing that stuff. Yeah. But it was work, it was me on my own in my, in my apartment or just on-site at a client's. And I really missed, I really missed the hustle. I really missed having that goal and that shared common goal, going to work and just being able to sink your teeth into something and you know rallying the troops. Now, you, you don't want to work with staff. Like, oh, I loved... I love having staff. No, I like, like
0: working with mm, people. Yeah, but I just don't like referring to them as staff. More yeah. as they're my my friends. They're my your little jungle family. Buddy. My colleagues. You yeah, know, yeah. like um, yeah, they're my workmates. They're not my they're not my staff. Your chums, your pals. Yeah, yeah exactly. Your buddies. And, and that's that's all I've said to those guys. You know, I've had a chat with numerous. Coaches and trainers that have um, expressed interest to work out of here, and I, I just view my only role here as and responsibility as as the boss. Of course, is to um, try and help their success by um, allocating referrals and upskilling them where where possible. But I just really see it as managing my environment. So I'm quite particular of who I'm obviously um, bringing in because. That environment is is everything for me because it's it's the culture and um and and that's what I probably lost sight of in the past, yeah. Which led to the yeah the downward yeah. Mm. What else, man? What's next for you? Good question. You've mate. been Good down. Question. You've been back home. You've been in Tassie. Yeah. So uh, what are you in Melbourne for? So what other am I doing to talk to me?
1: What am I doing now? I I'm actually working. Well I've got a coaching business I'm, I coach PTs. I've got a uh, I've got a program called the 100k trainer where I take um, I take PTs who are similar to the guys who I used to recruit at, at Rapid but I put I, I I teach them what they need to know. Pretty much what was happening at Rapid was I was teaching them at the start all the tools and that and skills that they needed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they were paying me 40, 50, 60, 70% for a session. Yeah. yeah, for 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 however long. So now you're teaching the skills. And now for they a fee. just pay me. Yeah. It's a it's an exchange of value. I, I train them. I give them the tools. I coach them. Then
0: they can go apply it as they choose.
1: Yeah, and, and they the goal is to get them to earn a hundred grand on a commercial gym floor, which is where I was. It's called the Hundred K Trainer. Um, shameless plug. Chriscochran.com. <laughs> so I've got that. I have, but I I also work. I'm, I'm excited by a new project. I'm working with a friend who has um, a company which has just gone crazy. He's a buyer's agent. It's called mm. the Buyer's Agent Institute. He is uh, very successful, grew a huge business, um, you know, uh, eight figure business, eight, 80 staff across Australia um, in a new space in property. Uh, so he does. he's doing a similar model, which is he's coaching people who are, um, you know, new to, That space, or who want to have a career in property, coaching those people into um, to help them run their own business. So um, I'm helping with that um, at the front end enrollment, talking to people, and sort of helped him build the the sales process and started just uh, getting on the phones. and It's just really exciting because it's it's really quite motivating being around those types of people, those really motivated entrepreneurs who want to change their life. Couldn't agree more. And so I'm loving that, and I think the business is really going to. I go, it's a space where it's just it's a blue ocean. There's not much, no one else really who's doing the, that coaching in that space. And yep. So that's um that's that's really exciting. And I'm I'm going to move to Bali. So I was sitting in my apartment in Sydney.
0: Yeah, I saw you post that.
1: Yep, sitting in my apartment in Sydney, working from home. Been there six years in that apartment, eleven years in Sydney, and I just was like, well, I work from I've got remote business. So I can do this from anywhere. Yeah. I I'm gonna. Why am I? Why am I going to be here? Oh, I may as well just have a change. I, I didn't have. I mean, you know, I'm single, so I'm. Um,
0: was that another plug?
1: Yep, absolutely. There you go. What's your there Instagram? You <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Cole was my stripper <laughs> name. Um, Chris Cole. It was a. It was a bit of an alias back in the day, but yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go to Bali, mate. And, and the Canggu. idea is Changu. Yeah, Changu. I just need to change. I need a change of environment. You mentioned environment before. I need to change the environment, just to shift it up and work out where I settle. Whether I come back here to Melbourne, I've got a lot of family here.
0: Got a lot Whether of friends here too. A lot of friends and family. Mm. Get um, the old crew back together.
1: Yeah, it might be dangerous though.
0: Might be. A bit, might be just a different, different vibe. Different vibe
1: different of the vibe. old crew. Doing spiritual ceremonies and meditating instead of uh, being at Revolver.
0: I know. Did you? You haven't gone to the Amazon and done the ayahuasca yet?
1: No, I haven't done it because we was, we were talking about it
0: a while ago. You've done, done it, it here though? in Sydney, yeah. Done it here in Australia. How was it?
1: Uh, incredible. Yeah, yeah, incredible. Uh, it's an interesting one. I, I'm I'm learning a lot about the spiritual world. Like my mum's a spiritual healer, mm. so she's teaching me a lot. And there's also a lot of other people I've met. Um, a lot of it is just working out, peeling back the layers of the onion. You know what, what's what are the patterns and the things that have kind of that have built up over time as a defence it, it, mechanism. It's and a big ego deflator. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. And for me, those experiences really put things into perspective of what where your value system actually sits. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mind medicine. It's too true. Mind too medicine. It's not no, a drug. It's
1: medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's a it's a it is a drug. It's it expands it's expansion. Your mind. It's exactly. really but at the same time it's it's a dangerous thing because if you're if you're allowing yourself to go into that portal, you're opening up the portals of the spiritual world, mm. and you know it's not all fucking cake and biscuits out there. You know there are there are beings, and you know there are there are parts of that world that aren't that aren't there for your best interests. You know that, that want to take from you, and so it's it's
0: got. So that's what I'm. Yeah, that could be tied in from 20 years ago. You know, well, you're unpacking some shit. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah it's, it's just but you got to be careful
1: with who you're letting in like who who in the spiritual world is allowed in now yeah. and are they good
0: or are they here to take and And it's um, a very confusing space to exist in when it's a new new surrounding yeah, um yeah or when you're new to it. When, when you're, you're new when to, you're it, new but to once it, mate, it's um, overwhelming. Yeah. But I think And there's no framework
1: to it because this is the thing about spirituality. And you can't prepare someone for it. We all at Western society we all want frameworks. We want things to fit in a nice box so we can understand them. Yeah. And when we can't understand them, we reject them. We don't have a reference for it. So it becomes um, you know, we don't want to know about it, or it's wrong, or it's it's stupid, or it's just woo woo stuff. Quite arrogant,
0: really, isn't it? Yeah, when we can't explain it, we species. just it doesn't make sense. So it's like random; it doesn't exist. You know what I mean? That's just a, it's a projection of our insecurity for an inability to f- figure that out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I know Chinese Eastern me-
1: medicine. A lot of it is it is because it is. We don't need to know why. Mm. We don't need to understand. We don't need to unpack and build diagrams that. You know, explain, explain things. The it. um, Western accepted. society it needs yeah. to have scientific. It needs to be, and and I I, I get that. But if if you can't explain it, it doesn't mean it doesn't. It's not. Yeah, real or you can't see it, smell it, hear it, it. Doesn't mean that
0: it's not there either. Yeah.
1: There are, there are bigger things that are happening on this on this big blue ball that's spinning through space in this weird infinite, uh, universe, that we don't know how. It began, and why the fuck it's here, and yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think there's more to think. There's more we
0: don't know than there is that we do know. <laughs> the X Files, and you go through your. <laughs> and, <laughs> 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 mate, I think that's a pretty good note to wrap it. Yeah, mate, let's let's wrap it up on the on the positive, on the spiritual side.
1: Mm. It's been a it's been a good one, mate. I've enjoyed it. Yeah,
0: thanks for your time, mate. You're welcome, mate. It's let's good to be here. Let's do it again. Thanks soon. for having me. Whether it's in Bali or whether it's when you make that trip home or return to return to the old crew. Let's do it. All right, mate. Cheers. Bye.